Welcome to Stories of COVID, the interview project that explores what it's like to experience a global pandemic. I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. It is scary and it's very real, but it's not hopeless. As I said, I changed three planes. None of them were wearing any gloves or masks. I've never seen so much support for freelancers or artists in the in the media um, as I have now. They both laid me off from just the advent of the, the outbreak. I'm anthropologist and author Veronica Kieran, and I am building an interview archive of stories and anecdotes that define this time in history to write a book preserving this experience for future generations. If you'd like to help preserve this moment in history for future generations, check out the show notes to sign up for an interview. Alicia Vogel was in Tokyo at the dawn of the pandemic. During her visit, she observed mask wearing becoming more and more prevalent, ultimately wondering if she ought to be wearing a mask during her flight home. The pandemic has been an isolating force in her life, creating an event like saying hello to a neighbor across the fence as something special. But for Alicia, she has found that technology is a new outlet for creating community and connection. You heard whispers of it on like Reddit where, you know, it kind of came across as fear-mongering because like some of the previous like threats. Yeah, Ebola, um, I mean, there's H1N1 when I was like in middle school, high school um, and stuff like that. And so I figured it'd be like that and that it wouldn't spiral out of control like this. And so I wasn't that worried. And at the time I had just booked a flight to Tokyo uh, for late January of 2020. Like right before you left, there was a man in Canada, in Toronto, who came back from Wuhan, China, who was positive for the virus. There was no way to really test for it at the time other than just checking for symptoms. And um, he also unfortunately infected his wife. I have no idea what ended up, what, like how they ended up, if they passed away or not. That happened right around the time we were leaving for our trip. And I was just sort of like, should we cancel our flight? Like it's, Chinese New Year coming up. There's lots of Chinese foreign nationals in Japan who are gonna be going back and forth between China to like visit family and celebrate and stuff. Is this a good idea? And we were like, mm, well, we're not too worried, let's just go. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I remember. It was kind of really downplayed a lot and we didn't really know a lot about it. It was very vague about like what would happen to people other than just you kind of heard about pneumonia and stuff. And that was really it. It would probably would have been like earlier, like either late December, early January. It wouldn't have been really too soon before the trip because I booked my ticket on like Black Friday back in November. So we had like a month of just like excitement and anticipation. And then it was just sort of like, oh, uh, <laughs> do we cancel this? I like, I scheduled a, to go to attend a conference while I was in, in Tokyo, like a web design conference I was super, super excited about. Um, and I really didn't want to <laughs> cancel. So having never been to Tokyo before. So I was like, I was pumped. 
once the reality set in that it's spreading so quickly and that it's spiraling out of control and just seeing at the absolute like inaction by some governments, including my own, <laughs> putting like the gentlest restrictions to say that they're saying that, that they're doing something and then at the same time valuing people's livelihoods over their actual lives and stuff. It's just, I went from kind of being like, uh, it's whatever to begging my parents not to let my sister visit them because they live in a rural remote community that had had up until then not had any cases. And I didn't want to feel any regret if my sister, since we both lived in Edmonton at the time, uh, I didn't know what she was up to. We hardly talk. So I was like, if she gives you guys a virus and you pass away, like I, I like that's, I, I don't know what to do about that. So just don't let her visit. <laughs> so they actually made her stay in quarantine in their RV for like two weeks before she was allowed in the house. And, uh, and so back then I was taking it like super seriously. I was also dating online, this guy from Texas, who was a CNA in a heart hospital. So like the absolute sickest of the sick people that like, basically he was like a frontline person keeping like infectious people away from people who would not survive if they even so much as got a cold. Like they couldn't raise their arms without their heart exploding. So like they could not get sick, right? So with that context in mind, I was super scared of the virus. I hardly left my house for most of the summer. And after a while, it just kind of got normalized that, you know, this is our way of life now. This is, this. it is what it is, you know, I, I'm sure I've been a little bit more lax than I should be when it comes to like keeping my mask on when my housekeeper's over and stuff like that. Cause like we're both fairly isolated or at least I am, but like, again, I don't want to get sick. Like I was more so like I, while I'm like working and stuff, I would, I would keep my mask off when I should be keeping it on and stuff. Cause you know, um, you know, I never leave my house basically these days. Um, I still don't want to get it and like accidentally infect somebody else at like a grocery store or something where I would for sure wear my mask. I should specify I'm not like an anti-masker at all at all. So um, yeah. <laughs> the status, well, we're actually, I believe Alberta is leading North America at the current moment with the most cases per capita, which is so embarrassing, honestly, after seeing how the states handle it and now we're worse, excuse me. <laughs> And the vaccine rollout has been super slow, but and I've been complaining about that constantly. And they, just at the beginning of this month, they said, oh, all students are going to go back to school on May 17th. And then by May 4th, they said, never mind, never mind, we're not doing that anymore. I'm getting I'm getting whiplash from them being like, we're reopening, never mind, we're reopening, never mind, and stuff. And like if it's so frustrating because like if we had just closed everything down for two weeks and done like a COVID zero sort of thing, just like Australia and New Zealand did this, we would not be living like this right now. I'd be able to see my friends and my family, but now I haven't for 14 months. So yeah, I have a socially distanced uh, picnic planned for Saturday. So that'll be fun, but you know, it still sucks that it has to come to this. <laughs> I wanna be able to hug my friends. I've been really lucky as someone working in like technology to, to not lose my job. I've had a really stable income this entire time. Um, however, I'm sure you've heard about like the CERB in Canada, the uh, Coronavirus Economic um, Relief Benefit. Sorry, 
alarms. <laughs> um, so my CRA account got hacked in August and somebody claimed $4,000 at the time. I think they claimed several more thousand dollars uh, under my name and even got like, uh, they added the dependent to my tax account, but they, they changed all my banking details to their banking details in Vancouver. So doing my taxes right now is kind of impossible because the CRA shut down my account and I've had to like make police reports. Um, and that was very stressful because like, if I hadn't done everything I could to make sure that this did not happen under my name, I would have to repay all that back. And I never even received the benefits. I wasn't even qualified. Like I didn't, I, I was not one of the people who was supposed to deserve any benefits because I kept a job, right? So, um, and also I don't have children. So <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, so I see that they marked you as having dependent. Nope, I don't recall having a child. So um, that was really stressful. I like called my MP about it um, to be like, what are you guys doing? Uh, it sucked because the CRA was victim blaming us when it was actually a security flaw on their end. Um, like, yes, I reused a password, but they got through my security questions, which was not reused. So, hello. <laughs> So I actually called the news and I was like, listen, can I talk about this? They said, sure. I don't think they ever aired my segment where I'm just sort of like, call your grandparents. It is more than 5,000 to 11,000 people, like they said. And then sure enough, like two months later, there's a news article. Cause I actually went on Twitter. I said, mark my words, there'll be over a hundred thousand people affected by this. And sure enough, a headline, over a hundred thousand people affected by the CRA hack. And I was like, God damn it. It just felt like it kind of fell on deaf, deaf, deaf ears. It sounded like I was fear mongering. <laughs> When I was like, no, seriously, like you don't want to pay back thousands of dollars in benefits you did not claim. So yeah, I don't think um, the government will get their money back, even though they, and, or that'll ever face anyone in court or anything. It sounds like it's all going to be like handled separately for me. So, you know, I can relax about that at least, but yeah, it was a little bit stressful. <laughs> and, uh, and now I have to wait to file my taxes because I, I have to, um, I have to fax something like who faxes anything these days. <laughs> So I went to Japan for this conference and in their culture there, um, I think because of, because of the previous plague, it's just a normal household item, a mask. Everyone already had a mask and stuff. So we'd be on the training that you'd see like elderly people wearing a mask, people who had colds wearing a mask. But then you couldn't help but notice that over the week that I was there, that more and more and more people started wearing masks until we entered the airport on our way home and literally every single person wore a mask and I didn't have one. And I was like, oh crap, maybe I should have bought some more. And I'm on the plane and uh, you just hear coughing and you just, your nerves just, you're just like, oh God, am I gonna get sick? Like, is this it? Am I gonna get coronavirus? And there's people reading these Japanese newspapers but you can see giant pictures of people wearing all those like um, biohazard clothing and stuff like that. And you already know what they're reading about and that, that it's getting worse. And I think around the time you we were there, there was that cruise ship outside of Japan that was quarantined from being able to enter. And that was a bit of a crisis and, and stuff. I remember hearing about that. Um, we get home and then both of us start getting fevers and coughing. And we're like, ah, oh, crap. Like, is this just like normal airplane sickness like, that you get sometimes, like a little cold? Or is this like, is this the virus and stuff? So I called AHS. They they asked us a, a bunch of questions. There was a, a like a list of like 12 or 13 symptoms they wanted to clear us on and stuff like that. Um, and I was over it in like a day, but like 
my boyfriend at the time, it was like full on man cold mode, like could not get out of bed, was not feeling good, took time off of work and the whole nine yards. And I was kind of worried and he went to a clinic, but like there was no test. Like there was no way to tell if we actually got it or not. If I just got a mild case and he got a slightly worse case, but we were fine. Or if it was just a normal cold. So like, I'll never know at this point if I actually got the virus really early, but given how severe it was at first and how it's evolved, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But then again, I don't know. I do not know. We decided to self-isolate for a few days, but then he decided to go play hockey with his dad till like 2 a.m. and a bunch of his boomer friends and stuff like that. And um, uh, and this is after we got back from a trip, our fridge is empty. And like, he didn't want to go to the grocery store because he didn't like want to cough on people's food. And I didn't have a car. So I wasn't really, I didn't really know about like Instacart and all those interesting new apps and stuff for grocery shopping because nothing had shut down by that point no one was worried but I was just so like I want food but like whatever but then he goes and plays hockey so I got upset at him and he dumped me the very next day so that would have been really awkward because the next following days all the Japanese airport shut down and if I had timed my trip slightly differently we could have been trapped in Japan together uh not getting along for probably months so <laughs> that worked out at least immediately after breaking up though I, I met that guy from Texas right and my birthday is March. So on March 16th, based around then is when the US-Canada border shut down for the first time in history. And like, I recognize the severity of that. I don't think like my parents did when I was just so like, hey, so um, the border shut down for the first time in history. What What's up with that? <laughs> like, are you guys gonna start taking this more seriously now? And they were just so like, haha, like it's whatever. <laughs> We had been planning, I had been planning a dumpling party after canceling my birthday like three years in a row already. So having to cancel it a fourth year was disheartening. And then I met this guy online. We started making plans for him to come up and visit in April. And his passport arrived in the mail literally like the day after the US-Canada border shut down. So that was kind of suddenly off the table. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that was weird. And then of course, um, I get a car in February before everything shuts down. I got a new apartment. It was literally the cutest apartment I'd ever seen in my life. And it was mine. And I lived, I went from living like an hour and a half by transit from most of my friends and my social circle to living just down the street from my best friend. And nobody got to see my apartment and I couldn't go anywhere in my new car. And so it was just kind of like, man. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, just as everything started looking up for me, everything shut down. And I remember one of the highlights of my day one time was finding the last can of spam at the grocery store. I was so excited. <laughs> um, just over spam because I had not seen spam in a while. All the, all the non-perishables were completely sold out and all the toilet paper was sold out. And it was just like, what is happening like are we entering some sort of like apocalyptic era like never saw this coming um and never foresaw this like getting so bad and stuff but yeah it was just kind of like a really ironic start to my <laughs> to my self-isolation so um but i also like to joke that i've been training for this because living so far away from all my friends i'd already been kind of like socially isolated so i've been like i was ready <laughs> i was so used to being by myself and stuff uh, by that point. So kind of like in a sad way, but like, I was really looking forward to like having a social life again and then have that just kind of get canceled in front of me. I was like, oh man. So uh, yeah, um, I ended up buying a house last October because of how 
the mortgage rates fell so low. So like my mortgage rate right now is literally 1.89%. And like a couple of years ago, I was looking at like a mortgage rate of like 6%. So like that was mind blowing to me. I, I actually thought that I'd need to get married before I could ever afford a house. And here I am in my house right now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So that was really exciting. And then I, of course, adopted some cats. I already had a dog. So I spent a month trying to acclimate everybody to each other. And now they all sleep on my bed. And so like, I don't need a boyfriend anymore. I'm good. I, I have my house. I have my pets. I don't need you. I have long hair, as you can tell. And I, uh, I felt empowered enough to try and attempt to cut it myself after waiting like nine or 10 months in isolation. And I just did not want to go to the salon. Like they were kind of reopening at the time, but I like did not want to risk it. So I went and took some craft scissors because at the time I couldn't afford to buy nice scissors online. And I attempted a tutorial I saw on YouTube and it actually turned out okay, like making layers and stuff. And I was like, excuse me, I did this. And so then I almost felt too powerful. And uh, for the past four years, I've wanted to dye my hair purple. And I just didn't, I just didn't do it mostly because like the guy I was dating at the time he just seemed so opposed to the idea. And I just kind of went, well, I still want you to like me, right? So I held off, but being that I was freshly single out of that like Texas relationship and stuff, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna do what I want now. So I went ahead, I bleached my own hair. I dyed my hair purple and it was like one of the best decisions. And then um, I just dyed my hair red a few weeks ago. Um, and that was an even better decision than the purple. I feel like it really suits me. And I feel like I'm Ariel and the Little Mermaid and everybody, like wherever I go, whether it's a grocery store, mostly just the grocery store, <laughs> I always get compliments on, on my hair and stuff. So I feel like if the pandemic hadn't happened, I would have still kept putting off dyeing my hair and stuff because like societal norms, et cetera. But like, I didn't really have any reason to and yeah, I just didn't feel like I could do it by myself. I would have probably had to spend like another $400 on like a hair, a hair salon to, to do it for me. And yes, my hair is over-processed, but it's fine. I own it. <laughs> another thing that I've been putting off for a really long time that I started doing during self-isolation uh, self and stuff was streaming on Twitch. I'm, I'm, I've always been big into video gaming and it's not necessarily that I needed the income or anything like that being a software engineer and stuff, but I, I think that like I was so lonely, especially since I didn't really have social media or anything like that. I was so lonely and isolated and just kind of cut off from everybody that um, I, I started Twitch streaming as like a way to kind of cope with that. Like people would randomly come into my chat, but then my channel started growing. It's not like a, a huge channel by any means. I only have like 350 followers, but just having people who consistently come in every day and like check up on me and like see how I'm doing, remind me to hydrate and then like, play games with me and stuff like that has been um, really rewarding. And yes, it's kind of a parasocial relationship, et cetera, but like, I'll take what I can get at this point, honestly. <laughs> um, I said hi to my neighbor over the fence the other day. And that like, that's a, that's a high, like, I'm going to ride that wave for the next six weeks. Like <laughs> I know people have had it so, so, so much worse than me. Like I've only, I only know of one extended family member who's passed away from COVID and um, as far as I know, nobody else in my family has like gotten it and stuff. So I've been really, really lucky in that regard that my family has been really watching out for themselves. But, you know, I cannot stress enough <laughs> how difficult it has been as somebody who lives alone and has been living alone through all of this to get through this. Like there's some days where it's just sort of like, 
I don't know if I can get through another two weeks of this if if things don't start looking up. So um, yeah, I'm like, I'm really excited because in about three hours, I'm getting my first shot um, for the vaccination and stuff. So I feel like that's like a light at the end of the tunnel, like that second shot being able to go out in public again and you know, not have to worry so much about like, oh, if I see my friends, it'll be so wonderful. But what if we die? Like, <laughs> it's going to be like so, so good. Like, I'll probably end up crying a whole bunch when I see my friend on Saturday anyways, because I miss I didn't get to go to her wedding last year um, because of like, like originally I was like semi invited, but then like they made it a really, really small wedding. So I haven't actually seen her since she was freshly engaged and stuff. So catching up and, and stuff like that would be really good. So yeah, I try to always look on the bright side, but like it's it's been hard. It's been a really hard year. Um, just trying to, you know, be by myself <laughs> and and cope with that. Yeah, uh, I think I've like really like I was never very good at socializing before the pandemic, but I feel like I've really regressed in some of my social skills. Like they see my red hair coming at the grocery store, and some of the clerks probably change shifts and stuff like that because they're like, oh no, she here she comes over Sharon again, like. <laughs> <laughs> they try to make small talk. I tell them my life story. Like, it's just like, just so desperate to just like connect with anybody right now. At the same time, you know, it's, it's taught me a lot about like how to, how to connect better with others online, how to be a better remote worker, especially since, uh, as of yesterday, I am unemployed for four days because I start a new job, like my absolute dream job. I'm not even kidding with like a Silicon Valley startup on, on Monday. Like I literally just doubled my salary overnight. Like I I'm like in shock. And so there's still been like good things that have happened to me that I can look forward to, um, and stuff. But like, I am so scared of like screwing this up. <laughs> it's a new company. Cause I'm like, you know, it'd be great to pay off my house in a couple years, but also like, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> for being like a bad remote worker just because for me I I really need like that body double to like kind of like if there's people in the office just working I'm working um I was struggling to really cope with like owning a house and being on my own and like just doing basic everyday things mostly because of my ADHD just would not let me just do things like laundry and dishes so I hired a housekeeper to come every two weeks and it was it just insanely improved my quality of life just one day like every two weeks she comes in does all my laundry I don't have to worry about it anymore and then um yeah like because when I first moved in um I didn't actually have any clothes in my closet for like the first like two months of living here and then I hired the the housekeeper and now I have clothes in my closet like what <laughs> so um it's just like a luxury I couldn't really afford before but um you know now that I'm not really spending money on like gas and experiences and stuff like that I have like a little bit of extra income or or at least had a little extra bit of income now I'm very comfortable um <laughs> even just having her over and having her kind of obligated to you know, converse with me while she's working, while she's cleaning, I'm also cleaning. Like, it's just, um, it, it feels like I'm kind of grasping at straws here for like <laughs> connections and stuff like that. But it, it's really helped me just, just even have somebody come by just once every two weeks to just keep my life semi in order. And so that I don't become like a giant slob who never leaves my bed. So <laughs> I think pre-pandemic, if I were to ask if I could work from home, there'd be a lot of red tape for me or a little bit of stigma. Like why is she always working from home and I have to work here at the office every day and commute and stuff. Why does she get to work from home? At my previous job, you weren't allowed to work from home. I asked for a remote work 
day and they never answered my email. So I was just forced to take a really, really short trip over the weekend. Like I spent less than 18 hours in Winnipeg and then I flew home. Like remote work was not allowed because it was just kind of assumed that people would abuse it. But like I was working in an open concept workspace. Um, so I would have customer service in front of me on the phone all day. My boss and meetings behind me, foosball table on my left, construction out the window on my right. And as someone with ADHD, I needed the blinders on at all times to just even get anything done. So I was like begging HR, like, please either let me work from home or give me my own office because I can't keep working like this. It is ruining my life. And, um, they basically said, no. <laughs> so I, uh, I switched jobs, but even at the new job where they're, they're very, they're very much more flexible. It's kind of assumed, you know, if you have a doctor's appointment, maybe work from home, but like, you're not really allowed to work from home all the time. And again, open concept work environment. So there's always something going on around me and it's so hard for me to concentrate. And I know there's a lot of people, especially those with like any sort of disability, um, that might impact their ability to, to work or neurodivergent in any way, basically begging to work from home to suddenly companies sending everybody home. It just became clear that like, you always, you always could have done it. It's just that you didn't until you had to. And now it's becoming more and more a part of company culture. So like, I feel like we've made moves <laughs> in the right direction, uh, whether companies will yoink that away when the pandemic ends, who knows, but um, I'm hoping that it increases accessibility to a lot of industries, to people who um, maybe couldn't have worked in those industries before. So there's been a lot of economic benefit to um, technology um, in that regard, um, especially with like Zoom and Skype and um, other software, Discord, for example. Um, the startup I'm joining is one called GatherTown. Um, it's basically like um, have a hotel or Pokemon, but with like Zoom, like if those, if those two concepts kind of had a baby, it would be this, this app. So essentially you have this 2d pixel world. You can make it an office, you can make it a school. And when you're in a certain radius of another character, um, their voice and video chat will appear at the top of the screen. So it's just sort of like everything I miss about the office. So like, I could be working at my like little desk in my virtual office and then turn around and talk and walk like three paces over and then go talk to my colleague and stuff and like feel more available instead of like closed off from each other like you would perhaps on Slack. When I was introduced to, to this app by someone I was dating, I was so excited. I cried and then I immediately knew I had to work for them. <laughs> so I, I threw my, uh, my hat into the ring um, and it took about two months, but I just got my job offer last week and stuff. So I'm so thrilled to work on an app that is going to continue helping people work from home, learn from home, connect with their friends and family, attend conferences. Like, um, and I have so many ideas just because of all the technology I used and um, was heavily involved in my preteen and teenage years, like um, have a hotel club penguin, um, just MMO games in general, where we're having to use like, um, Ventrilo and team chat and stuff like that to talk to our, our guild mates and our, and our party um, members and stuff like that. Being able to take all those experiences and put them into this app and stuff, I'm so excited about. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really excited to, to start my new job on Monday. No idea what to expect, who knows, but um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Subscribe so that you don't miss an interview. I interview multiple people a week and I am releasing these episodes as fast as I can. 
And if the story meant something to you, share it, because it will probably mean something to someone else. Every time you share the project, it helps the project grow. So thank you. Until next time, stay safe, stay well.